hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to there are no good games this is a podcast where we try and convince bloodtake that there are good games out there while he tries to convince myself and redmond that there are no games in existence uh please note this podcast is all a bit of good fun and humor and not to be taken too seriously today i'm joined by bloodtake and redmond and obviously myself lost hope how are we all doing this week guys yeah not bad i think um yeah i actually think there's no games ever uh, never mind, just good games, actually. So I think we've stepped it up a bit, as in we should rename the podcast There Are No Games, because yeah. what is a game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that our podcast saying There Are No Good Games is a pretty bold title already, but saying There Are No Games is, I think, a lot more bolder than we've ever gone before. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's quite an impressive statement from us now. Did I say there are no games? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, let me just quickly... Keeping it in, we're keeping it in, we're keeping it in. We're keeping it in, yeah, keep, we'll it going. Keep, going, keep it going, keep going, keep going. News, do you want to kick us off, Redmond? Yep, so uh, in terms of news, uh, we've started with our two-week uh, one-video release schedule uh, with our Pokemon Nuzlocke video that's just gone up on Friday. Uh, the Friday just gone. Um and it is doing really really well obviously that's going to be the video up for the next two weeks uh until we release in, uh, the next video which i believe will be a halo reach gameplay um featuring myself lost hope crazy mage and ao really uh but at the moment it is our pokemon nuzlocke video which is a, a compilation of some stream from some twitch streams um and it is possibly our best video uh, i don't mean i'm not bragging but it is the best video we've ever put up um and it's um featuring crazy mage and lost hope as they as crazy mage tries to beat nuzlocke while lost hope critiques criticizes and laughs the whole way through so it's uh it's pretty great i mean i've got yeah, to arguably was... say that uh the best video is actually um the World of Warcraft live stream highlights. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first video I think that's on the channel. Uh, the first is always the best. It's always it's been downhill since then. Let's be honest. It's... Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, that was a good video, and like it's done really well. We've got like two and a half thousand views, which compared to like our other best video, which is like eight hundred views, it's like a titan. Yeah. Bear in mind, it's only been up for a couple of days, and it's hit the two point five uh, k views. Yeah. Um, We've also got a Twitch now as well, um, which I think is just at Digital, Digital Dungeoneers. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dungeoneers. Where, much like the Instagram, we'll have a lot of our clips and stuff like that on there. But obviously, it being TikTok, will be, it'll be a lot more humor-based uh, clips than just the Instagram, which has a lot of news as well um, that goes along with it. So, yeah, feel welcome to follow us on that too. Yeah. Cool. Um, so this week's agenda for games to talk about that may or may not exist um, are God of War, Time Splitters 2, and Halo Reach. Thoughts on the lineup? I mean, it's it's here. It's finally the Time Splitters 2 episode. It's the one we have been promising since episode, I want to say, 2. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm raring to go. I feel like we've now kind of you know killed off the meme because we're actually doing it now but uh you know what's going to happen is that this is going to get literally slated and we're never going to be able to use the term not as good as time splitters ever again because <laughs> the points will be in it 
we'll have to see yeah cool um on that note let's have a look at god of wars this is the brand new god of war uh the new era god of wars uh for the ps4 let's have a look so uh that was god of war the story trailer thoughts uh, I think the trailer's quite good. Uh, I was shocked to realise that this game came out three years ago now, which I didn't realise it was that long ago. Um, I think the trailer's quite strong. Obviously, it shows that the game's moving in a whole new direction to what we we used to do with God of War. shows that you know we're no longer in ancient Greece. Um, and it's a whole... And it's explaining that you'll find out some of the reasons why and who this boy is, etc. Um and you know you can get some shield skins if you pre-order the game. So that was, I think, quite a uh, quite important piece of info that they shared at the end there. Yeah, no, um, story trailer looks really good. Um, they do kind of go through a lot of it quite early because I've, I've played like a good chunk of it, not all of it, um, as is my typical mo of a game: Shot play half horror. it, then drop it. Yeah, <laughs> play 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 the first like three hours and then drop it. Um, it looks pretty good. Um, there's a lot of story to it. But they cover off like a good amount of it within that trailer, which is crazy. Bear in mind, it's like a three-minute long trailer. But yeah, uh, three years still still holds up, I think, and will be good to play on the PS5. Any game that you know arguably offers pre-order bonuses is not a good game automatically by default. Thoughts? Wow, 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 wow. That's uh, I don't think that's quite fair. I think so because let's think about it, right? You have a game, you make it, it's good. Okay, well, it, it can't be good. But let's imagine you think it's good, <laughs> right? The problem is, how are you going to sell more? You know, how are you going to get people to pre-order it? Well, you're going to have to offer extra things. Wrong. What you actually do is just sell the game, and if it's, a good, if it's an enjoyable game that people will want to buy, then they will buy it. You didn't have to offer all this extra nonsense to try and get more sales because that's hiding the the actual bits of the game that you want to sell which if you're offering pre-order bonuses it means you've run out of points to sell your game i mean i mean you go i was because i understand the thinking but just because a game offers pre-orders bonuses doesn't necessarily mean it's suddenly bad you yeah, can have hiding a, something i mean Granted, I think the pre-order bonuses on this game were stupid because it was skins for a single-player game. Like, you know, what's, what's, you know, I don't get the point of it. But at least it wasn't like something you had to buy or, you know, um, I think I would have hated that more. They were just giving... Because mm. you don't have to pay extra for a pre-order. Like, it's not like uh, pre-order the Super Deluxe XLXL Edition and get these skins. It was just, uh, oh, yeah pre-order it you'll get some skins they did do like a digital collector's edition though which was good um but i think i think most companies nowadays could do that whole pre-order get the deluxe de blah, 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 with extra skins and for a lot of people i think it hits that uh collector's itch in the back of their head mm. get well, the we tin case. there's no good games then don't we <laughs> look just because i had halo 2 with a special edition with a tin case and uh did <laughs> Look, that I paid extra for that tin That's case. That's different. Okay? The tin case is different, though. You know, like, the tin case is actually like physical. You know, like getting stuff in a game extra when it could just be in the base game anyway is stupid. Just because no, I, I do you're, you're targeting people 
who are vulnerable to just buying a game early instead of actually waiting to see how it is and the yeah. flaws that could be in it. Wait, it, it's a hard one. It's not it, hard. It's, it's simple. Don't pre-order games. Uh, I mean, there's a game on this list that I pre-ordered, the special du duper, super duper deluxe one. I'll give you a hint. It's not Time Splitters 2. <laughs> I, thought, I, I, I thought that was... Um, that was so worth it because I still got the thing. I still got the statue next door, and I still even have like the um, diary. Yeah, but that's but like physical. I, physical. <clears throat> uh, so you had. To, so but they also gave in you order to get that. You had to pre-order. Yes, but they also gave you skins, which was like a pestilence and also like a rainbow thing that came off your character while you're playing online multiplayer, like, and additional skins mm -hmm. for the single player. Yeah, but those and I thought that was worth it. Though are they? They're not pre-order. Yeah, they were. That's collector's edition. It was collector's edition with a hint of pre-order because you got special different helmets you ordered from like Walmart, Best Buy, and Amazon. This is stupid. Bad game. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm I, actually I... ready to rate it. We haven't even talked about the game. I'm just ready to give it a zero. <laughs> right. I... So, yeah, go for it. Uh, I was still going to talk. I was going to talk about pre-orders, but we should probably move on. So, we'll get to uh, it in you, Halo you... when Tristan also brings up he pre-ordered that game again. So <laughs> wait for part two in about half an hour. See you then. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's talk about story then joe uh the story and the gameplay and the game itself is a very good game it's um i thought it's brilliant Re it, they managed to revitalize refresh remake reboot a classic game in a completely new direction i mean the god of war original games you didn't really play it for the story you didn't really play it you played it for the gameplay. It was a hack and slasher that you just ran around spamming the buttons and getting kills. And that was basically the, the premise of the game. They managed to turn that game into quite a successful, I think it was more action-adventure RPG game, which a lot of games are nowadays, admittedly. But it had a good open world. It had uh, a lot to do in the open world. It had that Metroidvania of coming back... Uh, and having to revisit locations it um I d it had a compelling story that made you play through to the end well at least most of us did lost hope some of us you know can play through an entire game <laughs> uh, it had compelling characters um yeah it was just it was just a, a genuinely good game the voice acting was brilliant it was just yeah I, I really enjoyed it even though it had puzzles in it which I didn't enjoy it as much. Puzzles. Yeah. You're steaming through the game, smashing up demons, etc. And you get to a puzzle and you're stuck on it for 30 minutes. It's not fun, okay? Just get me more game. I don't want puzzles. Anyway, that's 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 my rant about puzzles. So I'm, I'm going to paint a picture for everyone. This is my introduction to God of War. Um, I was in London with Crazy Mage, uh, enjoying a very, very hot summer's London day. Uh, we went into a game shop um, and downstairs, like we saw the trailer for the game and I was like, that looks pretty good. And we were chatting to the guy and the clerk about it and he went, oh, if you go downstairs, there's like a game studio thing. So you can go downstairs and it's like an esports cafe. Oh, and go I was downstairs. Like, Interesting. Uh, went downstairs, beautifully air conditioned area. And I was like, this is pretty good. I was like, how much does it cost to play a game? Because I wanted to try it out before I bought it, which I think is a really good idea. And the guy was like, well, if you sign up now, you get two hours for free and you get to play the game. And I was like, okay, I can do this. So I sat down there, played it for two hours. Now, and, and literally that was just such a good intro. I really enjoyed it. Bought the game, bought a controller, went home and replayed the intro again. That was like, 
it was that good of a game that caught me. I was like, right, need to buy this, need to buy like the good edition, get home and play it. I think I played through like six or seven hours of it. And then I had work and then eventually like it fell to the wayside. But like such a nice game, such a great introduction. The pacing is on point. Yeah. I, I've even showed my dad this game when we were playing it like last time we came over. And he literally just went, no, no, you carry on. I just want to watch this because this is like a film for me. Mm. Like that's when you know if game's good. And this game hits that easily. Yeah. So yeah. Very atmospheric. It's, you know, Norse mythology, which doesn't get explored in this extent in very many games. And I yeah. love I love mythology and history and stuff like that. So I, I enjoyed it uh, for that aspect as well. And I get what you mean with the, the pacing, etc. It's just, yeah. It's just an amazing game. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've listened to the brainwashing. Let me get to the, uh, the front <laughs> of brass taxes. So let's think about this. Right. So Kratos loves, well, he actually doesn't loves violence. There's a lot of violence, but he actually is against violence. He hates what he's become. Okay. That's kind of the overall theme of him. Now, he has his son and he's trying to look after him and teach him how to survive. However, Kratos does not want him to become like him, okay? Because ultimately, he's a monster. <laughs> However, the game in itself still allows the, you know, wrist to chance chains, blades, the axe, you know, throwing, whatever it might be. And unfortunately, that is all violence and something he doesn't want to teach his son. So here's the problem. Because... Violence is something that Kratos doesn't want to show his son all the time and try and make sure he doesn't uh, get into it and become him. However, part of the game is constantly, well, not actually constantly, because it keeps taking breaks between action and then this kind of, oh, my son, this is what we must do, and becomes exactly like enchanted for last of us kind of sad sop story <laughs> that we know from sony games so if i had to put god of war uncharted 4 the last of us together they're the same game okay they evidently are a copy paste of the same template just different scenarios and that's what sony game studios games have become now i'm just gonna say the game's conflicted therefore in what it's trying to do I don't think it does anything original, really. In fact, as was already mentioned in this podcast, it used to be the Hacker Slash, not a Disney film, right? Now, that's basically <laughs> what it's turned into. So, those are my thoughts. We've listened to the good parts in Speech Monks, as mentioned by the others, but ultimately, there's a massive flaw behind what this game stands for, um, and it can't decide whether it's an action game or some sort of a emotional attachment game it's trying to give to the player. Yeah, but surely if a game gives you an emotional attachment or the storytelling gets you an emotional attachment to it, surely that means it's doing a good thing, right? Not uh, if the emotional attachment's trying to show you violence is bad while trying to constantly make you do violence. But that's the... Um, oh. I was going to say... Sorry, you go for it, Joe. I was going to say, isn't that the 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 irony of, like, the storytelling in the game? Is the fact that you're like, don't, you know, try not to be violent. Don't give in to your anger as opposed to give in to violence. It's given to anger. Um, while you're in being put into scenarios where you have to, you know, be this, you know, violent person. Yeah. 
So it's not coherent. So, really. but I could argue this differently, right? <clears throat> I think this is more of a, it's almost like a Red Dead Redemption 1 story. He's done a lot of bad things in the past, but he's trying to like change. He's trying to become a new man, but you're always tied down to that. You're perceived as this, therefore you're that. Like, correct me if I'm wrong here. The understanding of my story so far of this is <laughs> you've, you've moved in, you've got a wife, you've got a family, you settle down. Your wife then dies, you're like, right, I'm going to go bury her. In the meantime, you've got all these other gods who are like, we know you're a god killer, so let's go beat the shit out of you and try and kill you. Mm -hmm. Apologies for swearing. He wants to go back and be a family man, but he's forced to come out of his retirement and for one last time fight his way back into normality or like fight his way back for his freedom that he wants. And for me, that's Red Dead Redemption in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. But can I point out, Blood Take, you really liked the Red Dead Redemption story? No, I didn't. Did you not? I think no. he just said he preferred it to Red Shh. Dead 1 than Red Dead 2. <laughs> I think he didn't say it was amazing. He just said it's better than one. One's better than two, I think. Exactly. I think, no, no, two... And you gave one a good mark. So no, I didn't. There we go. I, gave... I don't, definitely did not. Uh, Red Dead Redemption got 5.5. Red Dead Redemption 2 got 5. So we ended up saying... No, hold on. This doesn't make any sense. Look. We all know scores go up. There's a economy here of points, and they seem to have gone up slowly. Okay, no doubt Red Dead Redemption Two got a zero, and I probably gave Red Dead Redemption like a one or two or something like that. Okay, now that's just what happens. It doesn't mean they're actually better. It's just the way that time moves on and points become more open. So you're saying time is linear then, and we have inflation. Over well, time. we're about to talk about time next game, <laughs> so we'll, we'll explain more about time later. <laughs> Okay, um, closing thoughts for this wonderful masterpiece of a game that we're going to play again on the channel at some point. Oh, really? That sounds brilliant. I, don't, I'm I, think, I think I've lined up A.E. really to lead us through this magical story as we all sit there and make comments about Norse mythology. Yeah, Wait, I'm pretty so sure she's just 100% it. it. Hold on, this video is... Someone plays it, I'm guessing, yep. A.E. really, and then we just talk over it. We just bullshit in the background, yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, basically. my God, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to, chat, um, and people at home. But yeah, uh, final closing thoughts. Uh, so uh, I'm being passed some final closing thoughts by AO really currently. <laughs> this is the open the envelope. Let's see. What do we have to show? Ooh. Okay, so these are my notes from AO really, including a score, which doesn't count towards the podcast because she's not currently on the podcast, so it doesn't count. But <laughs> phenomenal storytelling and character development. Emotional AF. I won't spell out what that means. As Amazing. <laughs> yes. Amazing gameplay and action. Freya is Bay, uh, who's one of the side characters you meet. Enemies are fantastic and three dimensional. Uh, so. 10 out of 10 is her score. And you feel awesome the whole time you play it as well. That's, okay. the, that's the me. And I agree with all of her statements except the score because I'm going to put a different score. So yeah, that's my final thoughts. <laughs> we may watch, we may hear a murder live, live in the podcast, guys. Um, yeah, I, I think again, really great game, amazing. Can't wait to play it on the PS5 with the new 4K graphics at like 60 FPS. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, blood take. Well, we'll just see when it comes down to the points, shall we? Okay, scores. Uh, I am going to give this game a. Eight out of ten. 
think it's a really good game. Um, the only thing holding it back for me is that I finished the main story and wasn't compelled to continue playing, even though there was a lot promised that you could do. But there was nothing compelling me to continue to play. So that's the only reason I can say I can't give the game a higher rating than that. But it was a fantastic game, and I did enjoy playing it through. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to give it an 8. <clears throat> Again, I think the game's obviously really well done. I uh, really enjoyed it. story's great. The thing I found really difficult is I was too worried to progress further ahead with the story because I was worried about missing side quests. <laughs> so every, every opportunity for a side quest, I ran and did it for four hours and came back to that bit of the road and went, what the hell am I doing again? Oh, yeah, go this way. Uh, but yeah, um, the only thing that needs to be improved on is probably just like more boys, um, and that's more boys, <laughs> more <laughs> boys. No. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, apart from that, really, really good game. Soundtrack's phenomenal. Graphics phenomenal. Um, it's yeah, so eight out of ten. Yeah, so Disney really let themselves go with this one. It's a zero out of ten for me. Okay. Um, on that note, it's a five point. Zero, because we don't round up in this world. No, it's a solid five. It's worse than COD. Four and Civ, yeah. uh, and the same as Civ Five Six. It's worse yeah, than Assassin's Creed true. Two and Red Dead Redemption. And Little Big Planet. Oh, I don't know it's if I agree. It's still with these better already. than. It's <laughs> gonna make a joke, and I can't keep them. It's still joke. better than Wind Waker. Most of the Zeldas that and Mass Effects Two. Stop. Is... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, moving swiftly on, uh, let's talk about Time Splitters Two. Let's watch the trailer for that. Yes. So that was Time Splitters Two trailer. Uh, thoughts on the trailer? I think we're ready to go to the points. Actually, <laughs> uh, I'm ready to. Yeah, I'm ready to score this game already. Um. Uh, Trailer was good. Yeah. Action packed. Uh, showed off loads of the different missions and maps without giving anything away, just kind of showing what's on offer. Good. Yeah. Showed missions, showed gameplay, showed uh, the PvP, showed the story. Um, honestly, made me want to pick it up. I mean, every time we talk about Time Split, this makes me want to play it again. But uh, watching it through made me really want to play it again. Yeah. I think it was really good. And I think. Yeah, it's just solid gameplay, so you can't really complain about it. You really forget about graphics on PS2 until you see like a trailer like this, and you're like, "Did I play this? How how on earth did I see anything? <laughs> like, there's no there's no pixels available. Like, oh, yeah. Anyway, so the graphics obviously good for the console it had, mm-hmm. but um, obviously would not hold up today under any circumstance. Yeah, but I think oh, no. I think. We've been pretty consistent with our reviews of not uh, holding graphics against the oh, games. Because uh, uh, that's just not really fair. Um, yeah, obviously graphics change, so yeah. they can be good for its time, as we saw with Half-Life, for example. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, jump on to the elements of the game that we all like and want to discuss. I mean, this game had so much replayability. I mean, a lot of games did at this time. A lot of reasons to come back and play them but not only did it have a compelling story with like three different difficulties and each difficulty unlocked you stuff um there was the pvp which is fun in itself and was i know everyone's going to cover all sorts of bits so i'm just going to hit some bullet points um and then it had the arcade league mode and the modes like that which were like the challenge modes and honestly 
they could have just made a game just out of the silly little challenges they've put in this game. Like the zombie sieges, uh, breaking pots in the china shop as quickly as you can, throwing bricks through windows and uh, all these little silly little challenges they put in the game. And they were um, they were fantastic as well. So that's one of my biggest take-homes from this game was just the sheer amount of stuff to do and reasons to come back and play it. Um, all the cat... Like, uh, in the PvP, you could choose a character skin to play as, and you could unlock basically every skin in the game and more uh, through some way or another. So that became a little challenge in itself to, um, you know, uh, undertake. Yeah, I would say arguably, Time Splitters Two is the best split-screen game ever created. Oh, bold, bold, bold statement. I mean. At the time, it definitely was. I will agree with that. I don't. I don't think there's one that's like replaced it though, as split screen only, no co-op. You know, for like a multi multiplayer game, obviously with the deathmatch and stuff. I just don't think there is one. Um, obviously, would have been nice to have online play with Time Splitters too, but never mind. Um, but yeah, split screen. I I think this is at the top ever. Yeah. I, I this was the game where I think I was the only one in my friend group that owned it at the time so it was that game where I was either playing couch cup with my brother or we had like a bunch of friends come around and we stuck in because I had the both of these on Xbox the original Xbox not on PS2 which had the four controller slots so I didn't have to plug the multi-tab in that you needed if you had the early PS2 um, and we all come around and played this because I was the one guy that had it, and it was that game. Everyone would go, oh, we've got time splitters. Let's go around to so-and-so's house and just stick it on and play it for hours and hours because it was just that much fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, uh, um, the map design as well, the very all different. Like, And there's obviously very iconic ones that we remember, but obviously like Training Ground, again, like, the, the layout of that map, the way it works, the cameras that you can shoot, like, it's a well-designed map for the multiplayer game. I think, again, it's probably up there with some of the top, you know, maps we remember from other multiplayer games. You know, like Shipment for COD, Training Grounds for Time Splitters, definitely up there. Memorable ones. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And, like, <clears throat> I think Time Splitters 2 had, like, a lot of good gameplay elements that you wanted to, to have in it. Like, I don't know, Notre Dame we talked about in, like during the video was your typical zombie game. You had uh, Neo Tokyo, which is the like cy kind of cyberpunk one. It had your stealth elements to it. It had like every single type of first person shooter that you wanted was in that game, and it was just so well done. And especially like the graphics still hold up. The cutscenes are still really good. Yeah, it was just a really really strong game. I think. Yeah, I think in terms of gameplay as well, I think it at the time it, it was the strongest FPS that was out probably at the time, um, it, especially in this sort of the arcade genre that it was in. Um, it was definitely it took all the things that the games before it had done right and polished and tweaked it and made it uh, the formula that they that became the Time Splitters games. And they and then the Time Splitters games themselves had their own charm, had their own humor, had their own. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, but it's a fan, you know. But it's a fun game, sort of thing. Uh, and the way, obviously, because it's time splitters and it's jumping from time to time and location to location, it enabled them to have all sorts of crazy guns in the same game, all sorts of crazy levels and characters in the same game. 
you could be fighting someone with a crossbow who's got a, a rocket launcher or a laser gun because they were the weapons that were available to you in the game. Yep. That's good. And it's good that they've, they kind of went along the lines of uh, Goldeneye. Because when, when I watch the gameplay back, it does feel very Goldeneye-ish. Mm -hmm. But they seem to do it quite well. It's, I don't remember the controls being an issue or like clunky because you had a... First PlayStation 2, you had uh, two sticks to kind of shoot and stuff like that. So yeah, mm -hmm. really, really good game. So yeah, can't complain. Um, and Schools. obviously character design, Schools. I was going to say. Character mm -hmm. design in the multiplayer, absolutely excellent. Not like... Think of a game that gives you that level of customization of what like people you want to play during your multiplayer experience. So, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Coming on, you could customize if you're playing multiplayer, like just split screen, catch up with friends. You could customize so much, not just choosing the map and the game type. You choose what enemies you want to fight. You choose what skins they all have. You want. You choose who you're gonna be. You get to choose whose teams they're on. Uh, how many bots do you want bots what weapon set do you want to appear on the map because obviously this is back when you just ran around picking up guns uh create your own weapon set change the music you could just do literally everything it gave you free reign to do whatever you wanted uh in the confines of the game so it was i remember spending many an hour playing all sorts of different modes that me and my brother had made up for this game yeah, and I think that's key. Like, it, it was your game. It wasn't just a game that you played. You can make it yours, which is really key mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, closing thoughts? My closing thought is how am I going to score this game without... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's just a fantastic game, and it may be nostalgia talking, but it's a brilliant game that they're currently... Some guys are trying to... Uh, Re remake at the moment uh, for free, I believe. Um, oh, cool. Which is Time Splitters Rewind, uh, which is like a free project they've been working on for years and years. But no, fantastic game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I cannot say many more things about the game. Obviously, I think critique wise, Map Maker is tragic. It's the worst <laughs> Map Maker I've ever seen in any game. But at least it exists in some form, I guess. But it, it's literally just like boxes it's kind of weird i mean i still spent ages making in the mac making oh yeah the maps but ultimately i don't think they were very good and it was very limited in what it did so obviously that's disappointing that's fair uh scores i i will start us off um look i, I like the game it has a lot of memories for me has some good shooting, good aspects to it. It's got a lot of, a lot of back and forth in what you can do. Um, yeah, to be fair, FPS isn't my favorite genre. I'm going to be very clear on that now and just save myself a lot of time. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. Wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. A six. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's fair because that's what I'm kind of out of it. I mean, I'm struggling here because my nostalgia wants to try and wants to give have this game be my first 10 because i did really love this game but i don't think i can do it i mean it wasn't a perfect game it still isn't uh so i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten still very very respectable score um just because it was it's a game that i wholeheartedly would pick up again if i didn't need to buy a whole new console just to play it uh which i would because mm. i currently don't own a ps2 or an xbox uh but and it's a pain to modulate 
but yeah, absolutely fantastic game. Nine out of ten. Okay. Blood thick. Well, obviously, Time Splitters two isn't even the best Time Splitters. So <laughs> it's a hard one, but I think. All things considered, it has a great multiplayer. Again, as we said, possibly one of the best multiplayers there was at the time. If not, you know, disappointingly, never being recreated in any form. So, if we're like a modern game, so it's a hard one. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, there's still limitations and improvements for the game, and so I'm gonna give it a five. That's still pretty high from you. To be fair. Okay. So this this could be an interesting one actually. I'm excited. Uh, so now. the joint the joint score gives it a twenty. Right, yep. Uh divided by three six gives you five. a six six point five. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, it's up there very high then. It's with Oblivion. Mm-hmm. GTA San Andreas. Mm-hmm. Beat Little Nightmares yeah. too. Genre defining games. Yeah. Well, that's fair. No time yeah. spit is future perfect though, is it? Yeah, well that one <laughs> I'm saving my ten out of ten for that one, I guess, when we do Time Split is Future Perfect. That's fair enough. Um and then the final game of this podcast is Halo Reach. Which I thought we were gonna end high. I thought that was the last game, right? I thought that we won't talk about anything else. There, there's there's always a higher game to go to. <laughs> there's always an either another Zelda or another Halo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was uh, Halo Reach trailer. Thoughts on the trailer? I think it's boring. The the trailer. I, I think... Yeah. I only think it's very... You know, like, we see trailers which are very, like, cinematic. That offer a lot. Have very, like, fast-paced music and stuff like that. Yep. It just felt that... In this trailer, it just wasn't fast-paced. It felt very slow. It didn't really... Like, it doesn't show action, which is what I would rather have seen. Now, we'll come on to the game in a moment, but obviously this game's improvement was on the story, which is obviously what it was trying to show in the trailer. But that meant, I think, the trailer lost a lot of its kind of oomph going forward. Yeah, that's fair. I think the trailer was really, really weird because they went around like a weird marketing campaign with this with a lot of like live action stuff and a lot of story and like the lead up to it. Like they talked about like, Spartans getting born or all sort of stuff taken up to here. But they didn't actually show that much gameplay at all. Um throughout the majority of the trailers actually scanning for it. Like there was a couple where they showed you glimpses, but that was more gameplay. But yeah, the the trailer is all about the story behind it, because everyone knows what a Halo game's like, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Depends how you view it. Yeah, I think I think that's what they were leaning with with this trailer. I do agree that I would have it was a bit slow. If it wasn't the fact that I was interested in Halo anyway, I would have turned this trailer off probably because I was just like, oh, who cares? But because, you know, I, I like Halo, I would have probably watched it at the time. Um, I think the trailer was, as you say, it was it was like basically meet the family. That That's the point of it. It was like, this is the first Halo game where you're interacting with other Spartans. So they were like, so they're going to be a big part of the game. Let's give them a, their own trailer where we introduce each character. Um, so I think that was basically the point of the trailer is more of a story and um, meet the cast trailer as opposed to anything else. It's a good thing they yeah. featured them in the trailer because they definitely weren't featured in the game, were they? Oh, uh, I 
disagree, but we can come on to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gameplay. Let, let, let's pick up where Ollie went off with uh, lack of lack of characters or lack of me in the family in the game. I'm saying that they made characters and then forgot about them, basically. I don't know. I personally think that all the characters had their, if not stereotypical, but they had their niches of who's who, um, which I think was presented quite well from the get-go of the first the first sort of introduction you have with them all on the first mission. Um, it plays off as a good... Because that's the only mission, I think, when you're all together all at the same time, uh, where it's sort of... Uh, they have their own little segment inside that um, first introductory mission. Um, so I don't know. I, I personally think that they all came across quite well, if not all quite stereotypical. Well, that's the thing. Unmemorable, one-dimensional, don't spend much time with. I think that's an issue with the characters. We're not talking... Obviously, that's only a part of the story. Of course. Um, but obviously, you know, it's not a good start when that's a massive negative and this is the best Halo story there's ever been at, that, at this point. So uh, not looking good so far, is it? So I've got a couple of points to add. I think you do, like, fair enough. There's a lot of, like, typical stuff that you get to do, but there's always a mission with one character throughout the game. Mm-hmm. You have your sniper mission with uh, June. You have your tech mission with Cat. You have your leader mission with Carter. You have your space mission with uh, George. And you have your final mission for Mio. So I think you do get the idea of each character. It's very hard to build up uh, dense characters where they're not featured in the lore po- posters point and even in the books and stuff like that. So it's kind of hard to do it. But they did a good job at kind of making them diverse enough to be remembered or memorable, in my opinion. I'd agree with, I'd, I'd agree with that. You're entitled to your opinion. In, in terms of the, okay. the story itself, because obviously we're talking about the characters, let's jump into the story. I think the story, as we've discussed, is possibly, if not, the best Halo story. Um, even though we all knew how it was going to end, I think they pulled that off very well. I mean, they didn't hide it in the marketing, and if you know knew anything about Halo at the time, you knew that Halo Reach was the first... That planet Reach, sorry, was the first planet to fall to the Covenant, and they sort of lean into people knowing that from the stuff from that from the start of the game and even though you know that's going to happen you're still at least want to find out how or you want to witness how uh, and it still holds your attention throughout the game it's not one of those games where you're like well i know this is going to happen at the end so meh um and they pull off the ending i think personally quite brilliantly considering um i mean i don't think anyone's going to hate me for spoiling uh, a game that's what 10 years old by now right um it's exactly 12 years old by now um where they do what i consider a cardinal sin in video gaming where you die at the end yeah uh but they play off really well because they um um they give you the chance to fight off dying at the end which personally i hate dying at the end of a video game if you play all the way through the end of a video game trying not to die and you die at the end i'm like well what what was the point of me not dying the last hour or so? Uh, but they they pull it off really well at the end of the game, where not only do you do eventually die at the end, but you're given this option to just fight for as long as you can and try to survive. And I think that's just a little key thing that makes the the, the ending feel more deserved. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so for context, I think this was four, 
three four three's first game of Halo. Um, I think they picked up from Bungie, so this is like their first foray into the Halo universe. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting some questionable. I don't think it was. I think second. this was the last Bungie game. I'm almost certain. I think three four three's first game was Halo Four. Mm. I could be wrong. Yep. No, 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 you're right. So it's it's Bungie's last game. Yeah. Apologies. Um, and I think honestly, Bungie hit off on like a really good note. Mm-hmm. It felt like they did they did some really smart stuff. Like I felt the story was adult enough to kind of play through. Like mm-hmm. it, Halo grew up with you. It was like, oh, go shoot the bad guys. And it was kind of like you're defending this. You're basically feeding into like the prologue of Halo, and it nicely tidied up the entire story of Halo from like start to finish mm-hmm. without any questions. Um, story was absolutely great. Great characters. Great kind of twists, turns, ups, downs, all that sort of stuff. And they did the story justice um yeah i can't fault enough it's such a good story really good characters and you do feel for them at the end and like mm-hmm. you said uh redman nothing sucks more than dying at the end of the game but the fact like you said you get to fight it off you get to kind of like do that last hurrah like really kind of hit home mm-hmm. in that kind of like red dead redemption kind of way again i don't know why i keep on referring to that but <laughs> it seems to be a lot of parallels today um it's that nice little parallel of like oh there's a lot of you there's a lot of them but only one of you and you can actually do some hefty damage by yourself before like eventually falling over but they do at the very start of the game tell you that you're gonna die at the end mm-hmm. it's like they just cut through the crap really really quickly and even if the marketing and stuff they like there's a lot of dying in the trailers of other spartans as well so yeah really adult halo game so yeah really liked it from a story aspect well <laughs> what about the multiplayer we haven't got to multiplayer yet so might as well go on to that Okay. Oh, I thought. Uh, you, sorry, well, I thought. You I mean, f- if not, that's fine. If it wasn't that good, we might won't talk about. Sorry, it. I thought fine. you were saying, well, the multiplayer was going to lead on and trash it, but. Well, uh, no. I, obviously, I'm just trying to guide. You know, it, well, it's not as good as Time Splitters Two, is it? <laughs> so, what's even the point? I think this was one. Like, I think this is one of the Halo games that I played a lot of the multiplayer of. Uh, I think I played a lot of this one and Halo Four. I think uh i played a lot of the multiplayer of and i think this is one of the more um the tighter multiplayer experiences than than the previous ones uh you couldn't dual wield in this one which i think was a big topic for debate in the previous halos where a lot of people felt it was way 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 overpowered in the multiplayer so with that removed it made balancing a bit easier um it had you know the same you know to give it credit it did have a lot of the same game modes that every other halo had 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 added a couple of new ones in there as well um but i think it was it's quite the standard multiplayer for halo they reintroduced things like the uh health bar instead of just the um the the shield and the timer uh which you know changed the gameplay up a little bit but i think i don't think the multiplayer was um uh, well, I, I'm actually starting to bring up negatives because it's not really that memorable for me, if I'm completely honest with you. Uh, but I did, uh, I did enjoy. I do remember I did enjoy the multiplayer of this game, but it's blurring this one and Halo Four uh, because of the Halo multiplayer is quite similar between a, quite a lot of them. So, so I, I think, from my opinion at least, you got to talk about two elements of uh, Halo multiplayer hand in hand you got to talk about armor customization and multiplayer. Um, so for me, I played a lot of Assault. Uh, for those who probably don't know, Assault was when you basically had one side's Covenant, 
one side as uh, Spartans, oh, basically. Man, I forgot about that. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite bit. And the fact that, like, I don't know, we, like, there could be 20 of us or 30 of us playing it, and each Spartan's different, each elite's different. There's different colors, there's different skins, there's different armor pieces and stuff. And it felt like a proper fight because you'd push back, you'd push a point, you'd capture the point, then you'd carry on with the level. And if you're the Covenant, you'd be trying to defend and back and forth. And that was just such an amazing uh, game because the Covenant played differently to how the Marines played and all that sort of stuff. And really, really fun. The multiplayer, like, uh, deathmatch, SWAT, and all that sort of stuff was really good as well. Um, like, I recently, like, I think we bought the, I bought the Halo Chief Master Collection, whatever it's called, the Xbox new one where you get to play all the games. And that's, this is the only multiplayer I play because I think it's just so well done. The only negative is they didn't include Assault, which I thought for me was the biggest piece of Halo uh, multiplayer for this game, at least. But yeah, multiplayer I thought was really solid, actually. You know what, yeah, you've just reminded me, Assault was brilliant. Sorry, I take it back. And and <laughs> I think this was because I, I didn't I was, I did want to talk about this, but multiplayer, I suppose, just come into it. In terms of armor customization, this was the first Halo where you play as your Spartan. You're not the Master Chief anymore. You are your Spartan. So I think this is the first one everyone really cared and what their Spartan looked like. And the fact that this was, was the one where they were like, right, we're going to add so much customization to it. And once again, that was all earned through XP and unlocks. Um, you had to get to certain challenges. Yeah, you had to get to a certain level or complete a certain challenge to unlock the right to buy with cre in-game credits those pieces of armor or what have you so it had that grind that games don't tend to have anymore that made you want to keep playing it to unlock yeah new exactly armor or whatever i think everyone wanted the uh the scarred meal head because obviously he looked cool as hell um so uh so yeah i, I just want to bring that up quickly well that's what i mean and they did it in a good way which was basically oh, you really like um, this sort of armor style, like the EOTD or the ODST or like the explosive of the pilot, this is how you go and unlock mm -hmm. it. And you literally go like, right, I had to do this thing at Legendary and kill this thing. Yep, let me go do it. And you literally go do it, you come back, you're like, cool, I've got that bit done. Like I, I sat there as a kid and made a list of like the armor I liked. And literally I was like, right, I need to go do this. I need to go do mm -hmm. that. And literally ran through it. And nothing was cooler than in the storyline, having your character there doing his thing or even online performing an assassination and having everyone watch you do it. And, and bearing in mind, like, yeah, exactly. And it was such a cool thing, including, like, this is going on the multiplayer again, the fact you had custom loadouts you could set up for yourself mm -hmm. with the item, with the guns, all that sort of stuff, and grenades. And it literally was your Spartan, which, to, to Redmond's point, is absolutely bang on. That's why everyone cared about your character. And that's why it was gut-wrenching and like a huge punch in the stomach when you died at the end even though you knew it was coming and that's why i think the yeah. storytelling done quite a good job with that because you you know it's coming you know there's no other spartans in halo 1 2 and 3 at that point there was no other spartans and you're in a group of them at this point you know what's coming like you know you don't have to spell it out you know it's going to happen but every time oh, yeah. it happens it it's like <gasps> it's a shock or it's done in a way in which is deserved at least or not yeah not just oh they're dead or oh whoops oh well it's not comic or silly in any way well it doesn't do that like i'm, I'm gonna be really bad here it doesn't do that typical american action hero sort of thing like go i'll hold them off you run it's just like i mean that does happen once uh, or twice but <laughs> well yeah it happens once or twice but it's, it's stuff like oh 
you need to get here or oh my backpack's out like i can't my air suit's broken someone needs to detonate the bomb remotely you go i stay mm. and you're like no this is fucking horrible or like um you're finishing off mission you've done really well someone gets shot in the head and it's just like it's no holds bar it's no action hero it's like this is war like it's, yeah i think it's great even when you think you've won you haven't won like there's some great moments in it where you're like oh cool and then something else happens you're like oh shit we're really gonna die my character's actually gonna die <laughs> yeah it does it really well but yeah no uh blood take he's been scarily quiet i know whole... <laughs> this whole time <laughs> well classic halo you know sending out multiplayer downloadable content for a cost you know we've brought this up on a previous podcast about halo and cod games still this uh marketing money grabbing downloadable content is uh practiced in this game for the multiplayer so very disappointing at uh, splitting the player base for the multiplayer well i did they oh they did uh, map packs didn't I, they yeah they had two map packs i i get where you're coming from when it comes to splitting the player base however dlc of this kind i let go slightly because i know where we are now like at least i'm paying for something like i'm i'm paying i'm, I'm gonna put money down I'm, and I know what I'm going to get. It's not like you put money down, you get a chance of drawing one out of five maps and maybe you'll get the same map twice. Like, So so I do quite... At least, yeah, at least with DLC at this time, with map packs and things like that, you were getting still content. But it did split the player base because someone like myself quite often didn't buy the map packs for games like Halo or Call of Duty because i just couldn't afford to so i i i get what you mean yeah and there was always a hard conversation with parents oh can i get some money yeah sure why uh to add some maps for this game why can't you just play the maps already well because everyone's playing the new maps now right no how much is it 10 15 pounds it's like nah i'm okay I, i'm not buying maps like that... for halo when everyone plays valhalla on repeat <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah no i get what you mean the the, the purchasing was bad but I agree with Joe um, compared to where we are now, which is, hey, buy the DLC map packs and you might get half the content if we decide to do it uh. versus then, which is we've got it all downloaded, just buy it and you get all the map packs right now and then. Yeah, no, I agree. It's always a bit sucky when that happens. Um, Final thoughts and scoring. Any final thoughts before we jump into the scoring? Uh, personally, I think this was one, one of the, if not the last great, good halo games i did enjoy halo 4 even though it did feel like it was a bit of a step back but this was possibly like the final halo that every not everyone obviously ollie didn't like it but uh, <laughs> that uh, most halo fans can agree was just a brilliant halo game um and it you know it took a risk you weren't the master chief anymore and it paid off um you know they understood that the story was done for the master chief so they left it alone unlike halo 4 and halo 5 uh so yeah i think overall great multiplayer great story customization great reason to keep playing yep so Patrick, any final thoughts well this is bungie's last game you know before they made the hit series destiny and <laughs> destiny 2 so you know before um you know the new studio took over 343 industries so it's no wonder joe feels the same way as this was the last good halo 
because it was the last one made by the people who made the game. Mm. And fair, mm. it's a fair point. So there is no hope for the Halo series, is what we've decided now. So. Yeah. Uh, scoring. Who wants to kick us off? Uh, I can I can start us off. Um, I did really enjoy this game, but I'm going to give it a seven point five because I rated God of War like an eight because I consider that just a genre defining game. Like it was just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant game. This. I do think it was a really good game, but I just don't think it is that quality of that quality for uh, in comparison to some of the games that I've given higher scores to. I do think this is a fantastic game, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I do think there were things that they could have improved on it. I can see Lost Hope is in in tears at the moment. Okay. No, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking. All right, fine. Okay. An eight, I'll give it an eight. I'll round up, I'll be fair. It's eight out of ten. Eight out of ten, I'll give it an eight out of ten. Fair enough. Eight out of ten. Okay. Is this your first um, ten out of ten? That's your that's the face I'm getting right now. So um Rick, great story. Really liked it. Love the fact you can make your own character. You can make them wherever you want to be, all that sort of stuff, and they're in the story regardless, including cutscenes. Amazing. Um, most player really good. Assault played hours of it. One of the first times I've actually sat there and played multiple hours of a first-person shooter. Um, probably a mix of nostalgia and also the fact we've got the collector's edition next door. Really amazing game and a sweet ten out of ten for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did! I knew he was ramping up to it. I can't believe it. The first. Yeah, one. honestly, my favorite, my favorite Halo game probably ever. Um. Yeah, just just they did so many things right. Assassinations, you felt like a badass. Uh, weapon loadouts, amazing armor, graphics, everything. Yeah, ten out of ten. They did all the missions as well, so you got a flight mission, you got a stealth mission. So yeah. So it's no time splitters. So it's a zero out of ten for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, chaos. Um, that's fine. Okay, that's that's fine. So with a total score of eighteen. It gets a six, which it is no time splitters too. That, there we go. Just yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm happy. I died on that hill with Halo. So much like Noble Six, I died on. The hill <laughs> I mean, I think that's a fair score from us. I mean, six. Well, not fair. That's a very good score from us. Not many games crack six, five or six. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's quite consistent with our grading. I mean, it was a brilliant game. I, I just yeah, no, exactly. I knew that ten out of ten was coming. I had a feeling, so I couldn't give it a, a nine or a ten. Otherwise, it no one had ever beat that game. <laughs> you should have. We we could have done it. We could have ruled the world. Um, uh, that's absolutely fair. And like to be honest, after playing it twice recently, uh, once legendary, once on legendary with everyone else as a full player, it's absolutely still still a really good game. So yeah, yeah can't, can't fault it. Well, yeah. we've looked at the games of the past, and now it's time to look to the games of the future. So. Between the dates of the release of the podcast, which is the 12th of April to the 18th of April, we have a couple of games coming out here that I'm going to talk. Now, we usually fall into the ancient trap of <laughs> announcing remakes. However, <laughs> this week, we are not doing that. But we are going to start with an anime game. So, Poison Control coming to PlayStation 4 
and switch and so unfortunately it makes it slightly difficult uh the release for the us is the 13th of april and then eu is 16th of april so um that that makes it slightly difficult however um if we're going to sum it up effectively from what i can understand of this game uh it is a uh war style action rpg okay so turf war style action rpg is what it makes itself out to be um yeah so like uh what's that splatoon i i mean i wouldn't naturally <laughs> start calling games based on splatoon but um it is possible it is possible um, okay, we'll, that's fair. We then move on there to a game called Ash Walkers, which is coming to PC. Uh, specifically, I've seen it on Steam. Um, and that basically is a narrative-driven survival game um, made by the co-creator of Life is Strange. So, Life is Strange, a good series um, of games. Good series. Uh, well, you know, in the general scheme of things, obviously. It's no... <laughs> no halo reach though is it anyway no, so uh this is you know it's a story game but with a bit of adventure it looks like it could be interesting i don't know if it will actually you know it, it's no action game so it, it's a walking simulator i think but in the <laughs> third person with narrative so you got that uh and then finally um we do actually, well, actually, sorry, penultimately, we do have a game which is a remake. Super Meat Boy Forever, uh, which is obviously a remake of Super Meat Boy. However, this is a new release for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series XS, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And that's coming out on April 16th. So, um, obviously, a platforming game, very popular game, Super Meat Boy, um, famously... Uh, featured in uh, Indie Geb movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. So um, this one obviously is a slightly different game because it's Superman Boy Forever. But um, yeah, so good series there. And finally, a game which I had seen about a month ago. Um, <laughs> Tashomashi Behind the Twilight. Right. I can't so, wait to watch Lost this Hope game, this. So this game is is literally a walking simulator um I, I actually can't find out what it is well it's a young girl traversing the world on an airship um famously lyric when he watched this trailer he put on the announcer voice for a trailer and like uh in an empty as f world with nothing to do that's basically how this game would be summed up um so there we go i can see I, I can see I struggling to find it. Sort of. If you clicked back, it was on there. Click back. It's like, the, it's like the fifth one the down. For... Is that it? Oh, right. I've actually shown you this trailer, I think, Tristan. I'm pretty sure. No, it it's one of these games. Yeah. yeah. It's more... When I see these games, it's they look more like engine demos than anything. Like, it's like a great thing to show off the new engine that you're running, but it's not a fun game to play. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how long the game, you know, take. I, I mean, we've seen very little. I mean, they did release a demo, I think, somewhere, maybe. I can't remember. This is the demo. It's 18 minutes long. Ah. Well, I mean, you got this airship thing. 
you've got random outfits. There's a lot of uh, fan service <laughs> in the game if you look at the Steam page, not going to lie. So, uh, yeah. That's... Do you get anything if you pre-order it, though? I don't know. It doesn't look like that. So it's just coming out um, on the 14th um, of April, this game. So there we go. That's a 3D platformer game, just to make it clear for people who have no idea what we're talking about. So that's that's pretty much the games coming out. We're another week of uh, disappointment, as always. <laughs> so uh, be sure to check out next week, where we ensure further disappointment until the 30th of April, where Pokemon Snap comes out, and we'll have to listen to Tristan talking about oh. it for about 10 minutes when we didn't ask. Pokemon Snap! He already <laughs> talks about it when we don't ask about it, just personally. So when we actually get the chance to talk about it on the podcast... God. I hope you know I'm taking the day off from work to play that and record it. It'll be that what good. What channel are you putting it up? Because I'm going to block it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it'll be. Here we go. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Good game. Good game. Game of the year 2021. No, disagree. Bold, highly, Bold claims. Highly disagree. Bold claims. We've, we've already had Little Nightmares 2 this year, yeah. remember? So. Uh... Game of the year yeah. is going to be uh, Time Splitters Four when that comes out earlier later this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they haven't said they wouldn't make it. They still said it's a possibility, but they've just got to wait for it to be the right time. I mean, I feel like it is the right time. It's been the right time for about five years, but uh, we can wait in hope, can't we? We can indeed. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's probably the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully I haven't said anything too controversial. If we have, though, please let us know on our Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Yeah, Halo's a <laughs> game, basically, is what we've decided from this. Perfect. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for watching, guys. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you probably next week. Goodbye for me. Stay digital and keep dungeoning. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Thank you.